Hey Med Talkers, welcome back to Med Talks, where everything biotechnical rocks. This is your co-host Abhinav. And I'm your co-host Satya. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about 3D organ printing and all about it. Let's check it out. So for the audience that doesn't know what 3D organ printing is, we have to provide an explanation, Satya. So could you provide the explanation, please? Yeah, so quickly on 3D organ printing, basically when a patient needs an extra organ because maybe they've lost it or maybe the organ has failed, usually what happens is people will donate their organ to that patient or they will take it from a recently deceased person. But the problem is it's very expensive and it'll take a lot of time and there's a lot of risks associated with performing surgery on someone who already has healthy organs and is going to donate it to someone else. So that's when 3D organ printing comes into play. Basically, they use cells from the patient who needs the organ and they'll put it through some bioprinting process that allows them to essentially print the organ that they need. So let's say that patient didn't have a kidney and they need uh, a kidney to live, right? They can use cells from the patient themselves to print their own kidney so it'll work exactly and perfectly with their body and they can use that instead of having to get a kidney from a donor. Oh, so it's like personalized to them. Exactly. It's like a personalized way of getting someone the organs that they need in order to live. Yeah, which is similar to the episode where we talked about personalized medicine. Exactly. Yeah. So it's on the same lines of personalized medicine. And so it sometimes has the same problems, which we'll get into a bit later. But I have a question, Satya. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think if you just take kidney cells and you put them in, for example, a cell plate or some lab container that it'll just regrow a kidney. Like... That's, I don't think that's how it works. Do you have to put some kind of enzymes or like growth factors or something that like motivates, like, like forces these cells to grow back? Yeah, I think so, definitely. There's definitely some chemical processes involved. And this technology is relatively new, so it's still being researched and there's still a lot of work being done around this. So it's mm-hmm. hard to say what exactly works the best, but it definitely doesn't grow on its own. It's, it's not magic, right? There has to be yeah. some sort of chemical process or some sort of inducer that allows these cells to grow back into the shape and organ of a kidney or yeah. the shape and organ of a spleen or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, when you said 3D printing organs, I imagine sort of like an incubator mechanism here where you put the initial cells and they would grow under ideal circumstances with all the nutrients, all the enzymes, all the stuff that they need to regrow themselves. And you would sort of change how change the environment of the cells based on how you want it to grow. Is this how you imagined it as well? Yeah, this could also be a method. Um, I think some companies or some private research for, like firms, they might be able to use what you said, like incubators, essentially allowing cells to grow in the most ideal conditions. So they have the, the best growth, the most healthiest growth, right? And mm-hmm. by changing the environment or surroundings around those cells, you can sort of alter how they're going to grow or introduce some biases as to what they might form into or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's definitely a very new topic. So of course, we don't really know much about where this is going to go or how exactly the process works. But mm-hmm. it's definitely something that's really worth looking into because I think it has a great potential for the future. Yeah. And I read an article somewhere that it's making 3D printing organs is not that 
simple as it sounds. I mean, obviously that's expected, but there's a lot of challenges with inserting like a sort of quote unquote artificial organ into someone's body. Like, will it work the proper way? Will it not lead to any complications? And thinking about it is there's a lot of complications that could arise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, essentially you're sort of making a new organ, right? From the Mm -hmm. cells of that person. So there's definitely lots and lots of room for error. Mm -hmm. And I think it's definitely a safer method to get organs from a donor because we've done that in the past. We've researched that a lot. We know how it works to Mm -hmm. a good extent, good enough so that it doesn't induce so many errors as 3D organ printing might, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of complications that could happen. Maybe the organ doesn't function properly, like you said. Maybe Mm -hmm. it functions for a couple weeks and then it fails immediately. Yeah it's really unpredictable at this point. And I think that unpredictability is one of the biggest challenges with this new research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I pulled up an article about 3D printing organs and they're describing how essentially these cells have like this glue that they're put in and that glue serves as like a food, not like a food source, but like a sort of shelter for the cells to grow in and, Mm -hmm. and expand. And once you insert the 3D printed organ into a human body, the glue dissolves and the cells can like contact the rest of the body normally. Like it's sort of like the cells have this home in a sense where they grow and then they can sort of engage with the other cells after they're replaced. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I find that fascinating as well. Um, I think it's really cool that, you know, it's actually similar to that incubator idea where they're essentially allowing the cells to grow completely first, right? In their mm-hmm. own sort of sheltered or in their own sort of home, as you described, right? Yeah. It's basically creating the functionality of the organ first and allowing the cells to grow by themselves before mm-hmm. they can actually interact with the rest of the body. And once the organ is placed inside of the body, that glue sort of dissolves. And I'm not actually completely sure how that process works. I'm not sure what triggers the the dissolution of the glue or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But I think it is cool to see that once the organ is basically done growing or once it's been quote unquote manufactured, right? You Mm -hmm. can sort of place it into the human body and the glue dissolves and now it's able to interact perfectly in an ideal situation. It's able to interact perfectly with the surrounding cells. Yeah. And to answer your question about how the glue works in this article that I pulled up earlier, it explains a little how the glue serves as a bridge for the cells in the incubator. So it's sort of like a home and a bridge in the sense that it delivers nutrients and like it, they call right. it the extracellular matrix, which is the fluid in our body around organs and tissues. So right. this glue is like mimicking that function. But the bridge metaphor comes in where they explain how once you insert it into the body the the transplant the 3d printed organ the glue dissolves and since the cells recognize that the the bridge is failing like it's dissolving they create their own bridge to connect to the original body so that is pretty cool because the the glue is essentially there to provide assistance to the organ but once the glue is not no longer needed the organ is self-sufficient and it can sort of protect itself wow yeah that that's actually pretty fascinating yeah that's Mm -hmm. cool yeah and actually, talking about you know 3D organ printing, I think we should come back to one of the 
more main points of this. Why is it important in the first place? Why is it being looked at, right? Yeah. And, you know, I pulled up an article as well. I've been reading a little bit about it. And it talks about some of the costs associated with 3D organ printing. And yeah. it's describing it as a cheaper method of getting people the organs they need as opposed to, you know, performing surgery on a donor and then getting their organs into the patient's body. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the future for 3D organ printing in terms of costs and also in terms of significance? Yeah, so I know you talked about how you pulled up an article with relating to the financial aspects right. of 3D printing. And I would assume that, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would assume that if researchers are putting in effort and time and money into this topic, that means that they believe that it will be or it already is cheaper than the current method. Right? That makes right. sense, right? So it's not about will it happen. That's a definite yes. But how soon will it happen? And how quickly will the integration process be into the medical and clinical sector? That's right. what we have to consider. Here. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it will come. It will enter and help a lot of people. That's for, that's a for sure. With the rate of progress of with research and advancements and technology as a whole. Yeah, of course. I'm confident that it will happen. But is this? We have to imagine a place where donors and the hospital system itself must sort of be reorganized and restructured in a way to introduce this new advancement in technology. Yeah, so basically you're touching on the practicality aspect a little bit. It has to be practical to be introduced into hospitals. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. to be one accessible to the public and it has to, you know, the public has to accept this change, right? Yeah. Usually change is hard to bring yeah. into big fields like this. Mm-hmm. But when it does work, it works really well. So yeah, and it will take a long time for sure. I'm not saying it will be an overnight thing, but of course, yeah. This change, there will probably be some legal action that will need to take place, whether passing legislation, court cases, whatever it may be. There, there will obviously be rejection from public initially. And talking about the public, how do you think the public would receive this sort of technology and procedure once it's more common and mainstream? Like, will they will they see more of the ethical issues behind it, or will they see more of the benefits and practicality behind it? I think it'll be a combination of both, actually. So, to sort of bring an analogy to this question, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this in in a similar fashion to how self-driving cars might be looked at, right? Mm-hmm. When they're first introduced and they sort of become a little bit more mainstream, and by self-driving cars I mean assisted driving, maybe something like yeah. what Tesla has, right? Yeah. But when the public will see both uh, issues of it, bo- or mm-hmm. both aspects of it, I mean, the ethical yeah. issues and the benefits of self-driving cars. One, yeah. they can alert you to a lot of things, right? They can alert mm-hmm. you to your surroundings. They can be very helpful to you when you're driving. But at the same time, if a car is truly self-driving and it gets into an accident, then who's to blame here? Is it the car? Is it the driver who really wasn't driving? Or is it the company? Yeah. There's a lot of ethical issues behind that, right? Yeah. Similarly, in that fashion, we could bring that sort of same framework to this issue here around 3D organ printing. Once it yeah. becomes a little bit more mainstream, people will definitely love the benefits of it. It'll be mm-hmm. cheaper, as you know, said by a couple places, articles, right? 
it will be a cheaper alternative. We don't have to go through the risk of performing surgery on living people who have healthy organs. Yeah. But at the same time, it might be an ethical issue because we're using this, the cells of the patient themselves. Like we're literally taking their cells to you know incubate or grow into their own organ. And maybe that could be a privacy, a bio-privacy issue. Maybe they're, you know, they're taking their cells, they're conducting research on their own cells, they're measuring data from their own cells. And so yeah. that could also be an issue, an ethical issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the analogy you described. Sort of makes this complex issue more relatable to the common audience because this analogy, this scenario and the analogy already is occurring in our lives. Yeah, exactly. And I think that can be applied to not just self-driving cars or 3D organ printing, but to a lot of things that you know induce a massive change in mm-hmm. such a wild, widely researched field. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a really interesting point that you make, how even though things are belong in different sectors and different parts of your life, they follow similar trends and similar follow similar rules. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. cool too. So that's a good I, that's a good takeaway to end on. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just about to say. So yeah, yeah, we basically talked about through the organ printing today. We talked about what it is, how it works, why it's important, and some of the problems and limitations surrounded by it. So I wanted to say thank you all for watching this episode. Um, Abhinav, do you have anything else to add before we end off here? No, I don't. Okay, cool. So yeah, thank you all for listening in to this episode. I hope you all enjoyed and got to learn something new today. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for our next episode and we'll see you next time, Med Talkers.